Wensing. Peter Soom. How's it going? Oh, it's going. Wrestling, <laughs> wrestling, coding monsters, but I'm winning. <laughs> yeah, it looks like it. Man, the, the stuff you're posting on Twitter looks really pretty. Thank you. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm having a lot of fun with responsive layout and um, yeah I just kind of like half a step backwards but three steps forwards is the feeling I, I'm getting like I get yeah. smacked every once in a while by a little thing and then I just learn a new skill like oh this is how utility classes you know really work and uh, yeah kinda... it's got a really strong tailwind feel which is nice because that's like you know the hot thing right now it is, you know, and, and huh, I think eventually that's going to be the new bootstrap in a way. Yeah, like um, bootstrap 2012 yeah, look. Ex- exactly. <laughs> it's going to be like, oh, another site that looks like Tailwind. But for now. <laughs> I, I did not. I like there was an I saw an app today that I did not sign up for because I could see immediately when I saw a screenshot of the app that the labels or what are they called? Are they labels? You know, the tags or whatever in bootstrap. Yeah. Like there's the colors yeah. are so yeah. recognizable. It's yeah. just. Oh, yeah. It's very yeah. 2011, 12 kind of look. Yep. Yep. Which is what uh, Summit kind of looks like now. And I'm uh, it's super excited. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm excited. And and the, um, well, are, are we going into updates? I should, I should restrain myself. <laughs> um, we're doing quick updates today. And then I think we have three listener questions. Exciting. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So but, uh, should I... you can go first if you want. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll finish the quick update. So yeah, I mean, on the, I think there's something I wanted to mention in the episode as well, which is, um, I, the amount of tweets lately that have been about product and code compared to the past, let's say, eighteen months are much higher than usual. <laughs> and mm. I mean, it, it, it's funny. It's gotten to the point where it's affecting like Twitter's recommendation engine, where the the ads they show <laughs> the ads they show me and the recommended recommended people to follow is starting to evolve into like engineering <laughs> and yeah. all this which is uh it's pretty funny but um the deep reason for doing this is especially any of my investors are listening they know this already um uh, but you know the the front end got to the place where it was the bottleneck to creating more value for users and mm. once once that bottleneck presents itself I kind of just want to take out a cruise missile and and wipe it out <laughs> and say, you know, no more bottleneck. And I mean, the, the other thing, too, is that preparing to scale, like, I believe that the new code base for the front end will be the type of thing. Well, let's define that for a second. The API layer and the presentation layer will be the sort of code bases that I can hire against, meaning yeah. I could actually hire somebody and say, take this and and make it better and you know with adequate documentation they can mm. really expand it improve it scale it integrate new things with it etc whereas current code base now legacy or becoming legacy is really it's a matt wensing terrain you know it's the kind of thing <laughs> the only map that exists is in my head and yeah i have two choices i can either uh, draw that map which is going to be you know, very, um, very nuanced, very difficult to necessarily explain because there's so many, you know, turns and walls and things on that map that really only made sense at the time. And then it's like, well, why, why is this over here? And just like not even being used. Oh, I built that one day and then realized I didn't need it. But I wasn't sure if I was going to need it again, so I left it. (laughs) And just all kinds of stuff like that. Whereas the new, it just made more sense to literally raise the terrain, flatten it out, and then redo it in the way that I know I need. And the code base is shrinking. Everything's faster. The UI is better. It just makes a ton of sense. And with the runway that I have, um, I also learned strategically that there will be there will be competitors to summit eventually mm. not necessarily on the forecasting side but i do believe that the next generation of 
dashboards, let's say, is coming. And yeah. it doesn't make sense for me as a brand new company with really unique core tech to be hamstrung by an interface that can't compete with those. Um, no. With those future. Yeah. So, so I want to be solidly in the next generation of this product category. And this is a lot of what we did for Branch in early this year. And it just opened up a whole new, like, yeah, like right now, like we, some of the features we thought were going to be really hard to add just took, you know, a third of the time we expected because everything was kind of clean. And, you know, when you do the, when you do your rewrite now, like, you you have a much better idea about what the future looks like for summit so you you can kind of keep that at the back of your mind and that's not necessarily what was true when you started this project in 2018 oh yeah yeah i mean it's exactly like the amount that i know what to build and what not to build is um is pretty immense and i i I know what people are asking for i know where i want to take it so let's do it you know so it's kind of a doubling down on the doubling down on the value that the current product creates, mm. but then doing it in, in a much more um, customizable and targeted way where, you know, if it, it'll make a lot more sense uh, as I roll it out. But um, yeah, so that's, that's where I've been. I'm really happy with uh, the progress and I have an investor update on the manager side. I'll switch over to that. I have an investor update due this week uh, yeah so i'll be too. sending i'll be sending one of those out nice how yeah. um how what's wh- what does it look like the overall project right now rewrite project how are you feeling about it and yeah i know you always joke that you do the first 90 percent and then you do the other 90 percent. but like how do, how are you <laughs> feeling about like the overall progress yeah i so i i, I can think of the app the current app in a couple major buckets one bucket is um, trends which is statistical trending and forecasting and the other bucket is the simulator and Mm. and scenarios maybe just those two buckets the trends piece um, and goals connect the two right we talked about this Mm. a long time in an episode long time ago Um, so i'm actually building out goals today and trends is um, releasable it'll be re- the trends piece would be releasable by the end of the week if i if i was okay you know launching a product that was like obviously half new and half old i'm not going to do that but <laughs> in other words that that piece is done which was yeah. you know the, the last 10 days so i've been in it for this is my 11th day and so it took 10 days to build the trends piece out um it's a very complex it, it Let's just say the UI was demanding because of all the charts and everything. I don't think yeah. the UI won't be demanding on the other part either. So I would definitely grant it at least as many days um, to focus mm. on that. But then I also have the marketing site and the authentication, um, let's just call it project or migration to occur. Yeah. So I'm not halfway, um, but I'm feeling really good about getting there from here because... The, the, a lot of the first half, like, you know, the hill chart shows, I was just spending time learning, yeah. you know, how do I do a call in this new environment? How do I, you know, delete an object in this new environment? How do I manage state? How do I do, you know, so all these things had to be learned the first time. And it's a lot faster now. Um, yeah, to, that makes to, sense. To do something. Yeah, exactly. So like the goals piece, I'm like, oh, I need to delete something, add something, edit something. That's all pretty much done now. I can use that for new things and not have to learn. So the learning curve is getting, um, is behind me more and more as Mm. far as what do you need for a web app? (laughs) How do I submit a form? (laughs) You know, how do I get the results and then how do I render it? Right. And having (laughs) learned that flow in the new world, um, compared to the old world of, you know, post to the web server, get a response, HTTP response, and then render it with Python, uh, Django templates that's figured out now. So now that that's going, it's really, it's really just apply. Um, it's really applying that pattern to the rest of the app. And um, yeah, and even stuff like the responsive design, you know, and, and Tailwind CSS, 
I feel good enough about that now that I can, you know, design the rest of the site with a responsive uh, approach and not be clueless and bushwhacking my way through the jungle, as it were. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Thanks for asking. Awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Um, How are, how are you doing, man? Oh, how am I doing? Um, It's been leading question. Yeah. So the past two weeks have been some of the most crazy weeks in my life, pretty much, I think. Oh, do tell. (laughs) (laughs) I am. Yeah. Things happen really quickly these days and change really quickly. So first of all, I changed country. (laughs) We've uh, we've hunkered down in the cabin in Denmark. Okay. Which we wasn't really sure was possible. (laughs) <laughs> with the COVID situation. Mm. Um, but it's been a, a tricky period for us. Um, so, you know, I talked about here in the show about um, how our last trip to Denmark got court, cut short because um, we we didn't know if we... Like, we wanted to leave Denmark before they closed down the borders here. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had a, like specific reason that we needed to get back to Glasgow. Like the obvious one reason was that we lived there (laughs) and we had our car and our apartment and all our stuff there. Mm -hmm. Um, The other reason was that we're having a baby boy this summer, which I'm really excited about. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I guess it's, it's public now. Um, And if you see my ads, it's pretty public. (laughs) It's hard to to disguise. Um, Yeah. So obviously, like we, we couldn't just like not go back to Scotland, but we got back and kind of like settled in and for the whole lockdown situation over there that happened mm-hmm. for about probably six weeks, I think. Um, had all like our you know midwife appointments and stuff, and everything was normal and great, and we're happy and all that. But the only problem is we don't have like a very big network in Scotland. Um, Maya has more than I do. And we realized that we would probably be stuck inside most of summer and it would be hard to go anywhere. And we really wanted to also spend some time in Denmark. And especially when the baby arrives, it would just be nicer to be close to family, which is all, of course. all, all family is here in Denmark. Um, and we also have the cabin here that we really like spending time in, especially during summer. So we kind of like realized that maybe being in Denmark was actually the right thing to do. And it was a hard decision to make because we were definitely not done with Scotland yet. Um, And we still aren't like, we'll still have to go back. We still have obligations over there and Mm -hmm. things we need to do and want to do. Um, But yeah, the first week was making the decision, (laughs) which was really hard. Very like a long, long you know, talks back and forth and trying to like, it's really interesting. Like I actually spend some time, I spend a lot of time thinking about how to make a decision, mm-hmm. um, which was yeah. good because it's so easy just to like make a decision or like follow your gut or something like that. But some, some um, decisions are really hard to make because there are so many trade-offs and so many unknowns as well. Yeah. So it's, you really need a framework <laughs> for how to make a decision. <laughs> Um, and then we made the decision. Yeah. And the other, and the other week was spent planning. So we planned all this in like a week and we filled up the car and we drove all the way through England, jumped on a ferry to the Netherlands, drove through the Netherlands and across Germany (laughs) and went to Denmark. What an adventure. it It was driving on the European continent in a, car where the um that's uh right steered it's definitely interesting experience yeah. but uh i think i've already gotten used to it um, yeah that's great and you're you're used to this too but the thing as a as an american who's lived in the states and never elsewhere it just crossing borders is like this yes yeah. you know i'm sure it's stressful for everyone but for me i'm just I mean, it still is even going into Canada, like with a family of six, I'm like, does everybody have all their documentation and all this stuff? So I can't imagine like crossing border after border and dealing with multiple modes of transit and 
I, I definitely have like after time. like I spent many years traveling or quite a few years traveling um, around Southeast Asia and I lived in Morocco and stuff and I, I I'm pretty traumatized by border crossings and yeah. I think especially like my co-working space in Thailand being raided by immigration police and me being shoved into a minivan and spending the whole day at an immigration <laughs> office being interrogated. Wait, do we need um, to cancel would, the like, episode and just talk about like, this? <laughs> would like Thai military, because it was like right after the military coup in Thailand, like soldiers like all over the place. Oh like, my gosh. After that, I was like, I don't like borders. I don't like border uh, enforcement people. None of that. <laughs> And we, wow. we tried, like, we called all the embassies and everything, and no one could really give us a clear answer about, like, what we needed to do this. But the funny thing was we didn't get stopped one time before we hit the Danish border. Wow. <laughs> no one asked any questions or anything like that. Because, you know, all great. of Europe is pretty much shut down. But, yeah. And that made it really easy to drive the car because there was no cars on, this, on the roads. Oh, interesting. Wow. Yeah. But... All is well now. Everyone is safe and happy here in Denmark. Um, and we're trying to figure out like what's going to happen if we're mm. actually living here now or what's going on. Okay. Um, yeah, but uh, it's been pretty stressful. I was, um, I felt blessed to have someone else on the team that could, yeah. you know, so we could still like have some progress on the app while I was distracted by this. Um, yes. Yeah, it feels good sharing it here on the podcast as well. So maybe it makes sense why I've been less, less active and have have had less updates, kind of to share. Um. So yeah, yeah. and you, yeah, That's... you're you're more synced now. You don't have to like try to remember. Okay, I'm on the podcast, so um, I, nobody <laughs> knows that I've <laughs> done. Yeah, 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 totally, <laughs> totally. Yeah, so that's that's good on the on the product side. It's been um, it's been good. We or oh, Bjorn <laughs> has made progress on team access. I I hope it'll go out soon. Um, and then I think the next thing we're gonna tackle is gonna be project templates. So basically, most agencies they use the same stack and the same tools for all their projects. And we want to make it easy for them when they start new projects to kind of just copy over a template that they have defined themselves, kind of like the recipes we have, but that they can define themselves and use across projects. And okay. in my mind, at least, once we have this feature where like branch is pretty much feature complete, at least for now, like we have, like when I, you know, dream about like the ideal product for this when we have mm -hmm. team access and we have the project templates, this is like, and especially with the focus on agencies that we kind of have now, like mm -hmm. this is the project I really want to have. Um, and I think after that, like we'll probably go more into kind of like maintenance mode and fixing bugs and improving what we already have. But I don't, I don't see us adding many new features after that, at least for a while. Okay. Um, yeah, and that that's actually really exciting to think about. That is for sure. Um, yeah, you can switch your you can really switch your energy and efforts into marketing, sales, business development, other areas. Yeah. that helping each individual new yeah. sign up be successful. I mean, those are yeah, yeah, right yeah, 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 which yeah. is much needed. And I mentioned this last time. Um, I I got the final tally now, but. WP Pusher had a really bad month in April. Um, so as I said, April is usually a record month. So like, you know, I hope for April to be performing maybe 20% better than the last year. So WP Pusher doesn't grow a lot, but it grows a little bit every year. Mm -hmm. And usually like I would expect, yeah, like a 20%, like April performing 20% better than the year prior would be good for me. But <laughs> this month it actually performed so revenue was uh, more than 30 percent less than april 2019 and it's just kind of it 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 makes me scared a little bit because april yeah. like april is supposed to be a record month and also i've never besides maybe like one or two percent i've never really had a, like i've never had churn like 
like that. Like I've never had churn or de a, a decline like that or it, like yeah. at all besides like maybe 1%. Yeah. Yep. Um, so may will, may will tell me if this is something that's going to go on for a while or if it was yep. just like uh, an outlier. Yeah. I mean, the aggravation that people were feeling before they used that product, I, I don't, I can't imagine it's gone anywhere per se. Maybe. Hopefully not. <laughs> you know, but this is like a lot of things. It's like, okay, people are, people are used to some annoyances now and how long will it take for them to go back to paying for convenience? You know, maybe, yeah. you know, man, um, that affects a lot of service industries in that sense software as a service is a, a lot of ways you know a value proposition is based on convenience yeah it's going to have a similar can we live without it actually question mark. yeah well <laughs> and people have had a lot of can i live without x experiences in the yeah. past month or two so maybe it puts things into perspective for them yeah i think i think it does um not to be doom and gloom or anything, but <laughs> you, you know, like you said, you'll find out in May how much that comes back and maybe, you know, sentiment and bounce back are related for you. Like the better people are feeling yeah. about their everything, the more willing yeah. they are to pay for that. But Hopefully. That again, yeah. So yeah. yeah, I guess that's my update. Everything's been really stressful, um, <laughs> but I hope it's going to get better now. Um, yeah, summer is just around the corner here. We're in the cabin. Um, hopefully, April was an outlier. Yeah, yeah. Let's cross my fingers. <laughs> Crossing with you. Awesome, man. Thank you. So we had some listener questions. Are you up for for going through them? I think so. I think you referred to these questions as how did you put it? The equivalent of putting a quarter in Matt. Oh yeah, at least one of them. <laughs> yeah, we got one question that I uh, I liked because you know it. You couldn't ask that question if you like. It was I think it was asked very specifically to you, and it was asked by someone who's obviously listened to the podcast and kind of yeah. <laughs> understood how to trigger a reaction from you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess I'll. Go ahead and read it. It's it's in my tweets here. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, Vulcan Kaya is the one who sent it in. Um, he's in the microconf community and, and Slack, and he said, uh, "Hey Matt, I know you have spoken about it before, but quote when and if at all is the right time to add a free tier or a low cost plan to a SaaS product? ConvertKit, for example, recently added one, but they have what I would imagine is a lot of money in the bank." Same thing for Clubhouse. Other platforms like MailerLite also added free landing pages to their platform. Okay. <laughs> I'd love to hear the pros and cons. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's a good one. Do you... Yeah, there's a lot of meat on that bone. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's, that's covered in barbecue sauce uh, and just hot. Um, uh, yeah, I mean... Well, my, my gut reaction is kind of like the reason I decided to go with the freemium model was because I had the time and money to kind of bet on it because mm -hmm. of tiny seed. Um, I'm not so sure I would have, if I, if I didn't have a pretty significant runway. Um, yep. But I would yeah. love your, your take on it. Yeah. So there's <laughs> when, and if it all is the right time. So. I think of free as a price and that's why, you know, when you say a free tier or a low cost plan, let's just call it, it's all low cost plans. And, mm. you know, if you believe in the penny gap uh, uh, where, you know, once it costs anything, there's a lot more friction. I think there is obviously that because taking out a credit card is, is work and, you know, there's just <clears throat> going to be that gap. So I think of all of it as, pricing and pricing is one of the four p's of marketing and so this is a really free meum and um, lower cost plans is really all about marketing expenses um it's, it's a marketing effort it's marketing strategy yeah. and the idea is yeah. 
and so that then it becomes a question of okay when or if at all is the right time so if you tie it to marketing right then you're basically saying well okay when is the right time to deploy or utilize this marketing strategy known as free and you have two possibilities one is you know uh maybe at some point and the other one is never <laughs> okay so there's <laughs> there's a never option right which is you know in one bucket and then there's the maybe you should you're just not sure when and maybe just to cover the never case first um <laughs> there will be people who will have very strongly held beliefs about why never is just it, it's always never let me put it that way like it's you should never have a free plan um i think that's true if you have um if if doing so means that you are never going to have a profitable business so mm. if, if that's you, probably like... yeah i mean just to get it out there like you know you can't give the ferrari away for free if you only make ferraris unless it's a charity right um it's got a real hard cost it's not a digital product right i and and i start with that because i think digital products because the marginal cost of creating another copy of a digital product is effectively zero right now i'm not mm. talking about the soft costs of like support and service and all of that but because of that we actually enter this fantasy land where you can even consider giving something away for free that yeah. has to be quote unquote has to be created right um so if if you're never going to be profitable because of it you can't do it it's a never if you can do it and still have something to sell then it's then it's somewhere between you know speculation and and a strategy right so yeah. <laughs> you can speculate that doing so will increase the number of folks that sign up and that's probably going to be true you can then also speculate that um, people who sign up and use a free version of the product will buy will eventually enough of them will eventually buy the paid version what you're actually capturing dollars for in yeah. order for your business to be profitable right or to to generate revenue um, so what it really does is it's a opens up the top of the funnel and it allows you to own a bunch of leads. So you've basically turned, you know, who, who some people who could have been customers right away into just leads. Right. And I think when is the right time to do that is really about, is it, is it valuable for you to have additional top of funnel um, at this point? Right. Yeah, so, that's the thing. Like, because if you, th you if know. you think like some of the startups we know, they as soon as they had something to sell, like they started growing really fast, and they didn't it they didn't hit a plateau yet where they needed to have like think about like maybe adding a freemium model on top of their business, and that's like one side of the coin. But in my case, like that wasn't my that wasn't the decision i was making i didn't think like okay this is growing i wanted to grow even faster so like i'm trying to i'm gonna turn this thing on for me it was like apparently my product is not where people want to pay for it yet and i'm not getting enough feedback on what i have and i need more people to use it and i need more I need more people to use it so i can like learn from their experiences using it so i can build a better product because I'm building yes. like, uh, I'm trying to solve a complicated problem. It's a new kind of like a new thing um, for these people. So they don't necessarily know that they need it or want to pay for it. So like, what are things that I can do to basically get more feedback and have less friction whenever someone wants to like try my thing. And for me, like having a free plan was a way to do that. Right. Except you could argue that you should just have so, so if I take that at face value, what you're saying is you need to have a free sample so that people can know if they like the pizza, yeah. right? They, they it don't could know have if been a trial. Like it could have been a trial. And so that's not a bad place to start 
the thought experiment if you don't have and that's what that's actually tier. how i started it was a trial it where you got like a limited amount of builds right that you could right. spend as long as you want like before you used them up but it was essentially a trial it was it wasn't but it was just it wasn't time limited but what right. i have now is an actual free plan where you get you know a handful of new builds every month or it resets every month right and that is useful if there is no inevitable moment of conversion or, or something you can put on a clock. Actually, let me put it mm. that way. If you can't put it on a clock, you know, um, you can, free trials are really useful if you know that they're going to get the value worth paying for within mm. some finite time period, right? If, and you can think about it as, you know, if, if, if you have a free trial, and you catch them in that trial and you catch them at the time when they're ready to evaluate it, to give it a fair shot. They didn't just sign up because they had a free hour on a Friday. They're ready to get it into their business, meaning their, their company, right. Yeah. Um, and adopt it. Like if all those things are true, <clears throat> free trial, the timing has aligned, right? So that's great. What the free tier does is basically say free trial forever because mm. I, as the SaaS provider, don't want to um, have to worry or think about the timing aspects of this. If you if you sign up on a Friday because you had a spare hour and you actually don't have the time to evaluate this tool, that's totally fine. I'm just going to educate you <laughs> and you can use it when you're ready and we don't have to stress out about a deadline, right? So it removes yeah. that that constraint yeah and for some products like and, and you know for some products you can insist on that deadline uh, but i think with a lot of them it's just there's there's so little friction to signing up for a trial that the odds that somebody did it without a strict deadline in mind is is significant and having an artificial deadline on that so so basically we've evolved our way to we want to give away <laughs> a free sample because we need feedback or because we need leads, period. Well, it has a time limit on it. Well, what if we got rid of the time limit? And this, we basically have evolved our way to a free tier. Yeah. S- starting with the idea that we want more, we want more signups, right? And yeah, I think having more signups. The other thing you have to think about, and and this is, I want to talk about user list for a second because Jane Portman just uh, wrote an article that appeared. On indie hackers, it was the title was "Why Nine Dollars a Month Is Better Than Freemium," and the logic inside the article makes total sense. The headline is classic. I mean, very well written in terms of getting my attention and getting me to click and read <laughs> it. But clearly, the title is not meant to mean what it says, which is, of course, nine dollars a month isn't necessarily better than freemium because you have to consider your business, your strategy, et cetera. And just to be completely silly for a second, if Google was $9 a month, they wouldn't have a $34 billion market cap right now. So, you know, if Airbnb costs $9 a month to browse listings, you know, bad, right? So for marketplaces, it's bad. You know, for search engines, apparently it's bad. You know, for your business, it might be bad. Um, And again, that just depends on whether or not you are so, so let me let me add this like you gotta you gotta think about the free users differently not as products right but they're opportunities so yeah if a free user is an opportunity to sell something to then great but if if a free user is not an opportunity if it's basically a um just a dead end like hey they're going to be fine using this forever if it's really not an opportunity then then it doesn't make sense to give away for them for free you know if i walk away from a car dealership with a car (laughs) that was free it's not an opportunity right uh that's a bad way that's a that's That's actually you know that's actually exactly why like the repositioning of branch is i think it makes sense for us because we we know that the good customers are going to be agencies and freelancers primarily agencies and not product uh, creators. So basically people selling WordPress themes or plugins. 
because mm-hmm. they usually only have a small amount of products they sell and they never really have much expansion revenue. They just work on those kind of like fixed products that they have. Like, so for me, like that would be just working on WP Pusher and using Branch to run the build uh, mm-hmm. pipeline. Whereas agencies, they pull in revenue and stuff. But like, I, so I could probably, I could, you know, invite in people that were product builders in Branch and they're welcome, but I'm not building features to cater to them because they're never going to be really like honestly worth it for me um or i mean there are going to be cases where they are of course but like overall as the strategy like it makes sense for me to bring in someone who works at an agency on a free plan because it's frictionless for the person if he wants to play around with branch and get to know it and then when they need a tool like that at the agency where he works it makes sense for him to you know recommend something that he already used and that makes sense you know, then it's an opportunity. And I think, I guess that um, that's what Patrick Campbell ca- calls owning the lead. I think it was him, that's right? That's right. That's right. I, exactly. And I think part of this is how big is the problem space? How big is the solution going to be? Because if it's a very shallow problem with a very shallow solution, it's hard to do free because you you give away the one thing that there is to get to to have and that's it like you're done yeah um and so in those cases what do what do startups do you know here's a t-shirt here's some stickers right here's something for free to build you know some kind of brand <laughs> awareness and engagement but way you know and, and here's a mailing list right here's an email that gives you some information like there's still all kinds of free things that startups do the question yeah. is just whether or not product can be one of them. And it, yeah. it can't be if it's a shallow product. It can be if you expect that the product is going to be very deep or very wide. And you can uh, therefore scope the product. You can scope a free solution to a size where it's valuable enough to keep them engaged. But it's, you know, and therefore it's a lot better than a, it's a lot better than a t-shirt, right? It's, yeah, yeah. you know, it, in a lot of ways, um, I think of, of free tiers as like the least expensive way to build a funnel of leads for your paid product. But that assumes that your paid product can exist um, and that you haven't cannibalized yourself. And you know, that's, yeah, I mean, it kind of yeah. needs to be true that the people that are you intend to buy the paid version wouldn't really care about the free version. Like, it would just wouldn't be like there's no world where that would be enough. Like, there's no enough. world where like an yeah. agency would just get by with twenty builds a month on branch because it would just mean that they didn't have any business. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, and, and there's there's different kinds of freemium. So there's you know, there is, um, and I'll see if I can resurrect the article. But um, with these different kinds of freemium, you've got bells and whistles freemium, which is um, there's an article I wrote where I kind of looked into these bells and whistles. You know, these are the things that are missing uh, from the product. Mm. If you want these cool bells and whistles, you got to upgrade. Don't love that one actually. Um, there's a um, there's an argument to be made actually that the bells and whistles are uh, not what you should be looking to charge for. Instead, think about it as um, Lincoln Murphy actually talked about this at one point. Uh, 16 Ventures was the name of his firm at one point. I'm not sure if it still is, but he talked about like a press release SaaS, for example, and like doing the press release itself became free. But then all the things that you actually need to get value out of it, like copy editing and quality review and posting it to all these people who might pick it up in a feed. And, you know, like the core was actually free and it wasn't bells and whistles, like little nice to haves. It was the whole product. Yeah. If you want to use the Jeffrey Moore term, like the stuff that makes the product actually valuable for an enterprise is what you have to pay for. So if you want to just generate a press release and do all this work, you know, to deal with it, um, then you're welcome to do that. But on the other hand, if you're willing to pay a little bit of money, which is less money than it's going to cost you to really publish this press release and manage it 
and manage the success of it and measure how many, you know, publications pick it up, like all this other work and all this other value charged for that. And so there's another way to think about it. Like if the core isn't actually what delivers the value, it creates it, but to actually receive it and absorb it as a company. And that's why you see things like Auth0, which I talked about last week. Sure, you know, this version is free, but if you need Active Directory support and, you know, LDAP and, you know, whatever, single sign-on, you know, for healthcare (laughs) purposes or whatever, like that all costs a fortune. And Mm. of course it makes sense to do a freemium play for that because what that hospital network needs it's you know the best the free tier what it it has a job to do which is it acquires the lead for very little it lets a developer mm-hmm. somewhere do a demo yeah. um and and remove the technology risk that's perceived and then make a phone call to you but you're not cannibalizing it at all so again back to his question like when is the right time i think the right time becomes when it's clear that the top of the funnel is going to be <laughs> let, let me play it let me actually flip this around for a second let's say you don't have one right if it's clear that the cost of acquiring a customer is going to be greater than <laughs> the cost of servicing a free user whatever that <laughs> cost is right yeah. and there's still value to be made then free makes a lot of sense so it's like okay Let's just use user list, for example, $9 a month. Um, if it ends up costing them, you know, $1,000 or $2,000 to acquire a new customer for a user list above that $9 a month plan, you're basically talking about, what, five years of, yeah. well, let's see, 60, it'd be, uh, it's $100 a year, five years, yeah, you're talking about five to 10 years of subscribing at $9 a month right? It, it doesn't make sense to go pay. They should sacrifice that <laughs> to acquire a lead <laughs> for the real thing, because at some point it's going to cost a lot of money to acquire leads, right? And that's where I'm coming from with Summit, by the way, is I don't, I think, I think connecting metrics to a, to a dashboard effectively is a, is an area where I don't want to have to pay to acquire customers, I, I don't think it makes sense. I think I can deliver a lot. The product is big. Like it makes a lot of sense for me. But I do think that look at the cost of acquiring a new lead. And at some point, if you're paying X for it, um, it it's funny to me that that folks will pay Google or Facebook or LinkedIn or whomever, you know, a certain cost of acquiring a customer, cost per click, right? Which is real dollars yeah, coming yeah. out of your pocket. for that customer by by the time you do the math on what it took to acquire them. But, you know, but then not a free tier, you know, it's like, okay, again, if you don't have anything to give away, I understand. But if a free tier drives that cost down, now you still have to get people to your homepage to sign up. But like, again, if you can drive down that cost, there's value in that, right? Yeah. It's really interesting. Like it kind of makes you think about like what's what's a product really, and like what's what's the job of the product itself. <laughs> yeah. Why like why do you want people to use your product? Like, yeah. is it just so they use it and then they give you money, or is it because there's value in them using it? Like, you know, when people yeah. use Summit, like you learn something about you know, their business as well. I mean, I'm not saying that you're going out and selling that data or anything like that. I don't think you would do that, but no, I think I mean, there's is... still value in the product being used and it's better for other people as well when more people use it and stuff. So it's just interesting to kind of think like about, yeah, the well, whole, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think you have to go a level deeper, which is from a product standpoint, what part of the product are you charging for? Like for Summit, yeah. Why would I charge somebody to put their data in? Why would I charge somebody to generate interesting answers? I think if you're going to go down this path, it's worth thinking about when they extract value is when you want to, if you can push charging, you want to be as close to the point where they're extracting value from your product as possible. Yeah. 
and not earlier. So for the f- premium tiers for Summit, exporting things, pulling things into spreadsheets, you know, maybe putting together an investor summary automatically, like things where you come to it, you say it's as a user, okay, it's time now to pull value out of this tool. Yeah. That's when it makes a lot of sense to, to charge, right? Yeah. Charging yeah. them charging them first and then saying now go through setup and creation and and figure out if it's even worthwhile for you if it even works for you etc like the product is designed in such a way where i don't have to do that i can say yeah create create all the value you want and when it comes time to collect you know value for yourself i'm going to collect value on yeah right i share (laughs) i can actually really relate to this experience i had an experience um with bare metrics today because for metrics i use profitwell and chart mogul and they're just fine like i don't i don't need to use another tool i I use them because i have free plans i'm on their free plans um i think profitwell is always free but on chart mogul i'm on their free plan and today i was looking to for another solution for dunning basically and i I knew that Barometrics has a recover product that I, my, you know, I know about Barometrics and follow them, like Josh and Corey and stuff on on Twitter, and so ideally I would like to use their recover product because I kind of trust them and I I think their product is probably I I'm just more confident because I know them, mm-hmm. but then I went to their website and they have like a pretty clever pricing model now where they charge for the main product which is the metrics and then they have add-ons basically so recover is one of the add-ons you can purchase and it i just thought about it like it felt wrong for me to have to sign up and pay for the metrics part because i don't need that really i mean if it was free i would sign up because it's you get something for free and it's like it's nice to see your metrics but i can also just go to chart mogul or profit well to do that mm-hmm. but where like so i checked chart mogul if they had a similar dunning product that would make sense for me to use but so far like f- as far as i could tell they didn't so i checked out bare metrics and i think so it, it kind of turned me off at at least today when i looked at it that mm-hmm. i had to first of all buy something that i didn't care that much about but it's like a prerequisite because they need to know my metrics and my Stripe account and all that stuff to sell me their recover product. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm pretty sure if like when I looked at it today, I could just connect with my Stripe account and get all my data into bare metrics. And then when I was kind of ready, I could turn on the recover thing and pay whatever 50 bucks or how much it is. I'm pretty yeah. sure I would have done it. But there was a huge roadblock in front of me, which which was, pay, should I pay them 50 bucks a month also just to like see my metrics, which, which I really don't care about that much? Yep. Which felt like a shame. <laughs> and I'm, I mean, there's probably a reason why they have it that way. And, and it, I'm sure it, it works for them, but it didn't work for me. <laughs> yeah, I could almost picture something which says, you know, um, sign up for one of our add-on products within X days and the metrics product is discounted or free or something like that, right? Where yeah. um, it becomes obvious that you're just trying to get there from here. And yeah, so charging for something earlier than when you're actually receiving the value, because for you, the value is that Dunning solution. Yeah, it's um, all the stuff they can yeah. do when they have my metrics and my customer information and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And for what it's worth in this space, this is why... Patrick at Campbell at ProfitWell, he already believed freemium is the future, but they went free with ProfitWell because they ultimately believed that, again, that was the prerequisite to everything else that they're going to do. And if like you... They're so... Yeah. yeah it's, a, it's a good framing, actually. I, I was saying before, you know, if the product's not deep enough or wide enough and you don't have any something else to give, but prerequisite, right? Filling out a... <laughs> effectively filling out a form, providing yeah. data. I'm not a fan of charging people to do setup right i I like to push you know push that (sighs) charge as far behind as possible because that's when they're going to be the most they will see the most value they'll be the most excited about the product and you know in the meantime it's a great great for brand and a great lead and um you know again there's a thousand caveats and this has been a 
it's a bit more of a discussion type of answer, but um, yeah, you know, yeah, like with the parametric stuff, like I don't assign value really to the metrics part because I can get it elsewhere for free. And mm-hmm. I know that some people have strong opinions about which one is more right and stuff, but I don't need to know exactly like how right, like it's, it's fine if it's roughly right, <laughs> or at least mm-hmm. if it uses the same methodology every month. So I can kind of compare. Yep. Um, but I cared a lot about the Dunning stuff. And if it had been more expensive, but then the metrics had been free, like I'd probably also, I'd probably pay for it. I don't know exactly how much Dunning is worth, but I know it's worth something. And yep. I know that metrics is not really worth that much to me. So it yes. just felt like it was wrong. And in in general, like with Stripe, I just want to say like there's so many problems around Stripe right now that I would love to solve. And it mm-hmm. seems like you have to buy like different tools for like individual tools for all of them. But mm-hmm. they all like do stuff based on the same data and the same webhooks, which seems annoying. <laughs> it's really interesting. Yeah. I mean, to just, you know, for the ca- in the case of Barometrics, what, what an add-on strategy like that basically means is that they're audience of customers for that add-on is their existing subscribers for the for the metrics solution yeah it's not really packaged towards you right no um unless you know unless they can convince you to find value in the in the base yeah 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 that makes sense like they just it's expansion revenue for them it's expansion revenue right and uh it's truly an add-on and that means that it's you know not sold separately as they as they say um (laughs) And and by the way, all of this is predicated on designing a free tier well. The, the really the question was about when to do it, and so we talked a lot about owning the lead and funnels and and marketing strategy. This yeah. is it's no it's none of this is a replacement for a well designed pricing model, right? And doing free well. Um, so that's uh, that that's that's a prerequisite for <laughs> for yeah, for free. Obviously, yeah, is designing your pricing well. Uh, which we've talked about yeah. in other episodes. Yeah. Well, awesome. Good chat. I think uh, the other questions will have to wait for another episode. Yeah. Well, sometimes <laughs> you get two songs for one quarter. So. Yeah. I think there was another one about product-led growth and then one about like when and how to raise money if you're not 100% sure you need it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll answer those. So a little teaser time. there. Yeah. Awesome. Good stuff. I hope. Yeah, man. I, uh, let's, let's cut it before the hour mark. (laughs) Okay. Thank you, Peter. Thank you. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.